श्रवनम डायरीज पॉडकास्ट Hare Krishna we are continuing to read Bhagavad Gita as it is the book by his divine grace Abhay Charanaravinda Bhaktivedanta Swami Srila Prabhupada chapter 15 Yoga of the Supreme Person text 6 Natad bhasayate suryo nashashanko napavakah yadgatva nanivartante tadhama paramam mama That supreme abode of mine is not illuminated by the sun or moon nor by fire or electricity. Those who reach it never return to this material world. Purport. The spiritual world, the abode of the supreme personality of Godhead, Krishna, which is known as Krishna Loka, Galoka Vrindavan, is described here. In the spiritual sky there is no need of sunshine, moonshine, fire or electricity because all the planets are self-luminous. We have only one planet in this universe, the sun, which is self-luminous. But all the planets in the spiritual sky are self-luminous. The shining effulgence of all those planets called Vaikunthas constitutes the shining sky known as the brahma jyotir actually the effulgence is emanating from the planet of krishna galoka vrindavana part of that shining effulgence is covered by the mahatattva the material world other than this the major portion of that shining sky is full of spiritual planets which are called vaikunthas chief of which is Galoka Vrindavana. Mm-hmm. As long as a living entity is in this dark material world, he is in conditional life. But as soon as he reaches the spiritual sky by cutting through the false, perverted tree of this material world, he becomes liberated. then there is no chance of his coming back here in his conditional life the living entity considers himself to be the lord of this material world but in his liberated state he enters into the spiritual kingdom and becomes an associate of the supreme lord there he enjoys eternal bliss eternal life and full knowledge one should be captivated by this information <laughs> are you captivated by this information oh i lo- i really love this actually <laughs> look at this one should be captivated by this information jay he should desire to transfer himself to that eternal world i want to say spiritual to that eternal world and extricate himself from this false reflection of reality remember false reflection the banyan tree upside down roots upward branches down reflection which we're supposed to chop off with the axe of detachment the weapon of detachment actually didn't say axe anywhere i remember the word axe 
from somewhere. Um, I don't know, maybe somebody can use somebody's weapon of detachment, it's like a chainsaw or something like that. But um, yeah, so we should desire. So first we are captivated by this information, then we should desire to transfer ourselves to that eternal world, extricate ourselves from this false reflection of reality. <laughs> For one who is too much attached to this material world, it is very difficult to cut that attachment. But if he takes to Krishna consciousness, there is a chance of gradually becoming detached. One has to associate himself with devotees, those who are in Krishna consciousness. One should search out a society dedicated to Krishna consciousness and learn how to discharge devotional service. In this way, he can cut off, cut off his attachment to the material world. One cannot become detached from the attraction of the material world simply by dressing himself in saffron cloth. He must become attached to the devotional service of the Lord. Therefore, one should take it very seriously that devotional service, as described in the 12th chapter, is the only way to get out of this false representation of the real tree. In chapter 14, the contamination of all kinds of processes by material nature is described. Only devotional service is described as purely transcendental. Chapter 14, that's previous chapter, remember? Three modes of material nature. Okay. The words paramam mama are very important here. Actually, every nook and corner is the proper property of the Supreme Lord. But the spiritual world is paramam, full of six opulences. The Katha Upanishad 2.2.15 also confirms that in the spiritual world there is no need of sunshine, moonshine, or stars. For the whole spiritual sky is illuminated by the internal potency of the Supreme Lord. That supreme abode can be achieved only by surrender and by no other means. Hmm. Text 7 Mamai Vamsho Jivalo Ke Jiva Bhuta Sanatana Manashashtanindriyani Prakritistani Karshati the living entities in this conditioned world are my eternal fragmental parts. Due to conditioned life, they are struggling very hard with the six senses, which include the mind. Hmm. I remember Meguru Maharaj was saying, Prakriti stani karshati, Prakriti stani. Um, and he was saying there is Kazakhstan there is Uzbekistan there is Tajikistan and there is Prakritistan <laughs> yeah conditioned world 
purport. In this verse, the identity of the living being is clearly given. The living entity is the fragmental part and parcel of the Supreme Lord, eternally. It is not that he assumes individuality in his conditional life and in his liberated state becomes one with the Supreme Lord. He is eternally fragmented. It is clearly said, Sanatana. According to the Vedic version, the Supreme Lord manifests and expands himself in innumerable expansions, of which the primary expansions are called Vishnu Tattva, and the secondary expansions are called the living entities. In other words, the Vishnu Tattva is the personal expansion, and the living entities are the separated expansions. By his personal expansion, he is manifested in various forms like Lord Rama, Drisimha Deva, Vishnu Murti, and all the predominating deities in the Vaikuntha planets. The separated expansions, the living entities, are eternally servitors. The personal expansions of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, the individual identities of the Godhead are always present. Similarly, the separated expansions of the living entities have their identities. As fragmental parts and parcels of the Supreme Lord, the living entities also have fragmental portions of his qualities, of which independence is one. Every living entity, as an individual soul, has his personal individuality and a minute form of independence. By misuse of that independence, one becomes a conditioned soul, and by proper use of independence, he is always liberated. In either case, he is qualitatively eternal, as the Supreme Lord is. In his liberated state, he is freed from this material condition, and he is under the engagement of transcendental service unto the Lord. In his conditioned life, he is dominated by the material modes of nature, and he forgets the transcendental loving service of the Lord. As a result, he has to struggle very hard to maintain his existence in the material world. Hmm. The living entity is not only human beings and the cats and the dogs, but even the greatest, uh, greater controllers of the material world, Brahma, Lord Shiva, and even Vishnu, are all parts and parcels of the Supreme Lord. They're all eternal, not temporary manifestations. The word karshati, struggling or grappling hard, is very significant. The conditioned soul is bound up as though shackled by iron chains. He's bound up by the false ego and the mind is the chief agent which is driving him in this material existence. 
When the mind is in the mode of goodness, his activities are good. When the mind is in the mode of passion, his activities are troublesome. And when the mind is in the mode of ignorance, he travels in a lower species of life. It is clear, however, in this verse, that the conditioned soul is covered by the material body, with the mind and the senses. And when he is liberated, this material covering perishes, and his spiritual body manifests itself in its individual capacity. Hmm. The following information is there in the Madhyandinayana Shruti. Savaisha Brahmanishta idam shariram martyam atishrija Brahma bhi sampradaya brahmana Pashyati brahmana shri noti brahmanai vedam sarvam anubhavati It is stated here that when a living entity gives up this material embodiment and enters into the spiritual world he revives his spiritual body and in his spiritual body he can see the supreme personality of Godhead face to face he can hear and speak to him face to face and he can understand the supreme personality as he is from Smriti also it is understood In the spiritual planets, everyone lives in bodies featured like the Supreme Personality of Godheads. As far as bodily constitution is concerned, there is no difference between the part and parcel living entities and the expansions of Vishnu Murti. In other words, At liberation, the living entity gets a spiritual body by the grace of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. The words Mamai Vamsha, fragmental parts and parcels of the Supreme Lord, are also very significant. The fragmental portion of the Supreme Lord is not like some material broken part. We have already understood in the second chapter that the spirit cannot be cut into pieces. This fragment is not materially conceived. It's not like matter, which can be cut into pieces and joined together again. That conception is not applicable here, because the Sanskrit word sanatana, eternal, is used. The fragmental portion is eternal. It is also stated in the beginning of the second chapter that in each and every individual body the fragmental portion of the Supreme Lord is present. That fragmental portion when when liberated from the bodily entanglement revives its original spiritual body in the spiritual sky in a spiritual planet and enjoys association with the Supreme Lord.
It is however understood here that the living entity being the fragmental part and parcel of the Supreme Lord is qualitatively one with the Lord. Just as the parts and parcels of gold are also gold. Thank you so much for tuning in today. The book links, previous episodes, timeline, and biography of the author can be found on shravanamdiaries.com. The link is in the description, and we shall see you tomorrow. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna.